There's theories about why kids can see things or dogs and stuff more than adults. And I always just thought it was basically they, they haven't been taught to think that that's not real or active. You know what I mean? So they, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. seeing it as it really is. And they haven't been told by society that that's wrong or um, that they shouldn't be able to see that. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's just, I think everything that that's my theory is it's available to most people. Um, if they're open to it. Hey everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of scary stories to tell at atlas a little play on scary stories to tell in the dark which is a classic uh children's book series that i read as a kid uh my name is jamie i'm brian and i read that too (laughs) it's not really i don't know the uh the stories are for kids but the illustrations were not very very creepy yeah i've heard the movie really uh really does those justice Mm. i'm scared to even think about that (laughs) right now We decided to start this podcast. Uh, It's a limited series for the month of October, which I think everyone can uh, just admit is just spooky season. It's, yeah, it's uh, my favorite season for sure. I'm glad that this is becoming uh, pop culture um, like mainstay. It's like everyone's looking forward to spooky Halloween Mm -hmm. stuff and it seems to be everywhere very prevalent now. So here we are. So we wanted to um, reach out to our fellow... uh, comrades at atlas i couldn't think of another word Mm. (laughs) other than comrades but that works uh at atlas who have um personal ghost stories i unfortunately i I don't know if unfortunately is the right word (laughs) but i've never experienced one myself but i'm very fascinated by by ghost stories true ghost stories and so brian and i decided to start this limited series to tell those stories yeah I i i agree with you i've i've always been fascinated by it i remember um, when I was in third grade, this guy came to our school and he was a, like a painter and he had painted pictures of castles and he brought all these paintings and stuff to our school. We had like a, uh, in the gym, it was like a mm. exposition of paintings and he never said anything about them, about that they were haunted or anything. And me and my, my friend, Jason Reif, uh, we went up to him after the thing and we were like, were those haunted castles? And he was like, well, actually one of them was. And that was the first time I remember hearing an adult talk to me about haunted stories so we brought an adult with us today jamie yes his name is rich smith (laughs) and he's got some spooky stories that he's going to share with us and and uh, we're going to listen to his accounts and then we'll probably have some questions and i don't know we'll just see where it takes us i don't know if adult is the right way to well (laughs) describe who i am in age how about okay there we go adult in age yeah I, i understand so you want to just yeah let's jump just right get into, into it. Yeah. Right into it. All right. So you you both know my daughter Scarlett because mm-hmm. she worked here over the summer as an intern, and so my my experiences happened through her. Uh, it was early on. So I, gosh, let's see. She was probably so she's what she's seventeen now. She was four or five years old at the time. I just gotten divorced and um, moved to an apartment down in Bellevue which is not too far from Omaha, right? Just right outside mm-hmm. of Omaha. And uh, Scarlett would disappear back into my room. She would be with me on the weekends and during the week and, you know, or whatever. And she would disappear back into my room in my apartment. And it was the lower floor on the on the bottom. The apartments had been there for a while. Um, and I 
we couldn't find her and she'd be back in my room playing or whatever. And I didn't think too much of it. And so one day we couldn't find her again. So we walked back there and, and uh, said, Hey, Scarlett's sitting in the corner between the bed and the wall. So like the very, very corner back corner of the room between the bed and the wall. So you'd have to like walk into the room and around to see what she's doing. And she's facing the wall and she has a ball and she's talking to somebody. Mm. Yeah. And I said, Scarlett, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm talking to my friend. And instantly you get that kind of, yeah. what? What? Was it daytime, nighttime? Uh, it was evening-ish. So it was, it was just enough that, you know, it was. Yeah. This is your room. This is my, this is yeah, yeah. So this was a, uh, this was a Sunday. And I, I kind of had that weird spookiness or whatever. And I said, tell your friend goodbye and let's go. So I took her, took her and Riley back to her mom's house. And then, uh. That, that night, I was laying in bed, and I would keep, I would go to comic book conventions often during that time of my life, and I would always keep my badge, and I would hang it on the edge of my bookshelf right there, and I would, you would I just hear, I didn't have the windows open, there was no fan, there's no ceiling fan there, and it would just go, and it would just kind of rustle just a little bit, there was no reason for that thing to move, none whatsoever, but it was in just like just down from approximately where Scarlett was sitting. And it would just kind of rustle back and forth. That happened a lot or just... It, multiple times, yes. Oh. So, and, and Scarlett would go in there and play with her friend, you know, often. Mm-hmm. And does she remember this? She claims she does not. No. Oh, no. No. So at the time, um, I, had a, I had a friend who uh, thought he could maybe rid places of spirits, you mm-hmm. know, with some of the sage mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. And, I don't know if I ever really bought it, but I was kind of tired of getting spooked. Yeah. Right? Just kind of freaked out about the whole thing. And I said, okay, can you come over or whatever? So he comes over and he has a sage and they do the thing and open the windows and stuff like that. And, and the apartment smelled for like a day. And then, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Scarlett and Riley come over the next weekend. Scarlett runs back to my room, comes out crying. Oh, no. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, my friend left. Where'd my friend go? Ooh. And she didn't know you did that. No. So there's no way she no. could have connected those two nope. instances. No. Nope. No idea. I didn't tell them. It was on one of the weekends where I didn't have them. I didn't tell them. No, nothing. That thing never moved again. Nothing. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So then probably, oh, a good, a good couple months later, I don't know, less than six months later-ish, uh, my ex-wife's grandma died. And so they went to, they went down to Kansas and went to the funeral. And uh, I find this out after the fact. I didn't go, obviously. It was ex-wife, so I didn't go. Uh, I found out after the fact. They were sitting at the gravesite there at the, at, after they go to the, you know, you do the thing at the funeral home mm-hmm. and then you go to the gravesite. And they're sitting there waiting for everybody else to sit down. And Scarlett is tapping on my, on Sarah, my ex-wife's shoulder. Sarah's like, what? And Scarlett goes, I thought grandma died. <gasps> no. Yeah. And Sarah's like, yeah, she did. She's right. She's, we just went to the, she's yeah. right there. She's in the coffin. They're going to put her into the ground. And Scarlett goes, no, she's right there. And she pointed off to this like wooded area. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. S- super freaky. Ugh, that gives me goosebumps. Right? I just, <sighs> she's right there. And she, what? She was five years old. She didn't know any better. Yeah. So like this, she wasn't doing it for attention or to make stuff up, and but it was just totally normal for her that grandma was over right there, there, just mm. off to her right. Oof. Yeah, and she doesn't remember this. She, nope. 
Oh my gosh. Doesn't remember at all. And then it really didn't happen after that at all. Mm. Nothing really with her. Mm. Yeah. There's just, just something about kids. They just I know. Guess. They just have that like, there's so many stories of kids talking with ghosts or seeing things and it's spook. And you got to wonder like how many times when a kid says they have an imaginary friend, if it's just truly an imaginary friend mm-hmm. or something else. I mean, that's a thing now that there are a lot of stories and mm-hmm. movies are, are about, I think a lot of times they use that as a, like a stepping stone to mm-hmm. get to the spooky story part. Like mm-hmm. obviously it's, it's not an imaginary friend. It's a ghost or a demon sure. or something's coming to, to get you. Generally it's a demon or yeah, something. Kids are, kids are spooky, Bad. you know, yeah. just inherently this, just the way their brains work. Yeah. Um, they make connections with things that we don't make connections yeah. with as far as like my kid all the time will just say something out of thin air that makes no sense, but it does to him. You know, in his context, it makes sense. Sure. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that outside of that, it seems like, where did that come from? Why is he saying that? But I think he just has, he just has this recall that's strange. Yeah. That's just, I I think that's just with any kid like that, that's Mm -hmm. their brains work differently than Mm -hmm. ours. And and call it whatever you want. Is it innocence? Is it, you know, just inexperience? I don't even know. But, you know, they just, it just operates on a different level. I always feel like. There's theories about why kids can see things and dogs and stuff more than adults. And I always just thought it was basically they they haven't been taught to think that that's not real or active. You know what I mean? So they, mm-hmm. they're seeing it as it really is. And they haven't been told by society that that's wrong or um, that they shouldn't be able to see that, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like it's just I think everything that that's my theory is it's available to most people um, if they're open to it. You know, if they stop and yeah. pay attention enough or they just happen to be at the right place at the right time, it seems. Yeah. For a lot of these stories that, that we will hear I, coming up. I guess, yeah. Sometimes or the wrong I'll place. Be, wrong I'll be time. playing with uh, with my son and he'll be looking over my shoulder and smiling at something all the time. Mm. And I don't know if it's just he's seeing new things. Mm. It's probably. See, there's I have a lot of situations like that where I can easily explain it away. Yep. But there yeah. are some things that you just can't. Well, that's like what I think about your story. What you just told us, Rich, is that you remember that it was a Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if that was just an everyday occurrence, then that wouldn't pop in your mind. But I think when when it's something that you cannot explain away Mm -hmm. and you've thought about it for years and years, that just proves to me like something's out of the ordinary, let's at least say, is going on. Something wasn't quite kosher. So I'll tell you guys one of my my stories because it has something to do with a kid as well. And, uh, this is back to when I was a kid. Um, and my parents got divorced and, uh, my dad remarried and I inherited a stepbrother, stepsister situation. So, uh, on the weekends I would go visit him at this house. It's in, um, North Lincoln. I still remember the address, but it's near Meadow Lane, which is 70th and Adams ish in that area part of town. So Northeast part of Lincoln. And, uh, it was a split level house. And I was the oldest kid. I was probably, I would have been maybe 12, 11 or 12 when I first started going there. And they moved when I was about 14 or 15. So uh, probably about four years of time I'd go there. And my room was in the basement because I was the oldest kid and I demanded I have my own room. I wasn't going to share it with my, my sisters. They had bunk beds and my my stepbrother was just a kid, like a little toddler, like two or three years old. So I got the basement room which when you come in off the driveway, you could come in the garage and then you take a right and you're in this, um, you know, old basement with concrete wall, concrete floor, 
wasn't meant to like really have anything in it. You know, it just happened to be, became my bedroom. And I had a lot of hand-me-down stuff in it because I wasn't there all the time. So I had like my dad's old 70s stereo and I had a, just a junky old lamp and, uh, you know, tube TV. And that was the sort of stuff that I had. And in that room, when you'd be there, especially me at night, you would just feel like something was there with you. Like somebody was watching you or if you turned around fast enough, you would see somebody and just had that feeling over, overall, all the time of somebody down there. Uh, there would be nights where I would go to bed and at first I thought it was just cause it was different and it wasn't like my current room at my old house, my actual house where I lived with my mom. Um, and I started sleeping with the TV on and then it progressed to the light on and then it progressed to the lamp, the light, the TV, the stereo on. And like, I couldn't sleep there in the dark at all. There was no way. And I would start waking up in the morning and the stereo was one of those old dial ones, you know? So you had to turn the dials and the dials would all be turned all the way down. Like it would be tuned all the way to like 590 AM and the volume would be tuned all the way down, not off, but just to the, to the very last part where you had to click it. Um, the lamp was one of those kind of new to that time where you could, you know, dimmer switch lamp Mm -hmm. and it would be turned all the way as dim as it could go without it being turned off when I know I had it full blast because I was scared to be down there. So I did that for, oh geez, months. I don't even know. Looking back at it now, I don't know how I did. And then eventually stuff got more and more ramped up in that house. We'd all be sitting on the couch watching a movie and there'd be nobody else in the house. Just, you know, mom and stepdad, I guess, or stepmom and dad and the kids. And we'd be watching TV and in the living room was the door that went down to my room. And uh, every once in a while it would blast open like someone kicked it hard like it would fling open and hit the wall and when that would happen then our dog would go crazy and she would just bark and bark and bark for a little bit and then she'd run and hide like someone kicked her or something happened like she would be scared and she'd go underneath stuff and i i never had a pet i didn't know if that was you know obviously something was weird but i didn't i wasn't used to animals reacting in that sort of way um they had a couple cats at this house and when you were in the main floor, the living room, you'd go up to the stairs to go to the bedrooms. And the cats would not step on the next to the top step. So there's like the landing, a step, and then another step. And they wouldn't go on that last step. They would jump over it. They would lay on the one next to it. They would never touch that one step, which was weird. Um, when the dog would go crazy, he run, she would run up the stairs and stop there and bark in that hallway and then come back down. And that's usually when she would hide. So stuff like that would happen. Um, I remember one night when I was sleeping in the basement, um, there was only, there was two bathrooms, but they were both upstairs and I had to go to the bathroom and it was like in the movies where you wake up and it's kind of like in, um, um, oh, what was the one we did? Sixth Sense mm-hmm. where the yeah. kid wakes up and he's like scared to go to the bathroom. Like mm-hmm. I had to go so bad. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But so I ran up there as fast as I could run. And, uh, when I came back out, I could hear someone talking and uh, I walked in the hallway, it was to my right side, and that's where my little brother was, his room was, he had his own room. And uh, he was sitting on the edge of his bed, and he was talking into the closet. And it was pitch dark, he had like a little nightlight in there, but there wasn't, like my dad wasn't in there or anything. And I said, what are you doing? And he just said, oh, you know, whatever. Like he couldn't, I couldn't even understand really what he was saying, he was so young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just talking. And then I went in there, and then he laid down, and. 
I was I did not go back to sleep that <laughs> night. I went back downstairs and I just sat in, in the chair with the light on and it got to the point where it was so uncomfortable in that basement room that I ended up moving up and I would sleep only on the couch in the living room because like there's no way I can go down there. It felt so weird. But then it got to the point where it felt like when I would try to sleep, it would feel like somebody was walking past me to go into the kitchen, mm. um, coming down the stairs. It just, you never could see anything, but you just had that feeling like someone was walking, walking past me to go do something. And there'd be times where in the morning, a cabinet would be open in the kitchen, just one cabinet door or something. Um, that was kind of strange. Um, it got to the point after doing that for a long time that I ended up taking over the bottom bunk of my sister's bunk beds and they had to sleep in the top bunk and I'm, you know, tough, you know, 15 year old kid. It's terrified to sleep in my, in my own house. Um, my dad, when he was alive, he told me one night when I wasn't there, um, he was asleep and, uh, my stepmom was asleep too. And he rolled over in the middle of the night as you do and woke up and looked down the hallway to their master bathroom. And he said that he saw an old woman standing in the bathroom, no. like combing her hair like this. No. And then she kind of did one of these and no. like just looked at him, but didn't like really um, register in her face that she saw him. She just kind of looked to the side. And then my dad like pushed my stepmom enough to wake her up and she looked and saw it too for a second and then it was just gone. Um, but in that bathroom, there was a window that went out to the backyard and as a kid, when I was, wouldn't be there, I hated to be in the house. I was always outside because it just felt, I just didn't want to be in there. And you would feel like somebody was watching you from that bathroom window because we had the swing set was right outside that. You'd just feel like if you turned around, you would see somebody. You just knew it. Oh. Um, one time when I was there, I, they had a neighborhood swimming pool just down the street and we were members of the swimming pool. And for some reason, I decided I was done swimming for the day. So I walked back home. And, uh, that all the doors were locked. I couldn't get in the house. And I just sat on the step and I swear that I heard like music in the house and I knew that we were, nobody was, nobody was in there. Um, but that sort of feeling happened quite a bit. And as far as I know, that was the only time my, my dad or anybody ever saw anything in the house, but it was definitely a feeling of you just like, they wanted me to notice that something was going on. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was just enough that things were drawing attention that I was supposed to pay attention to something, but I don't ever really found out what it was. I, I did some research on the house no, and ask. it was only built in the fifties. So it wasn't like a super old house or anything like that. And I've driven by it before and it looks exactly the same as it did when I was a kid. And I've always kind of wondered like if those people that lived there after us had any sort of weird feelings or mm -hmm. anything like that. But something when I, I was a believer as a kid, but when I went through that stuff, I was like, I didn't want to, didn't want it to happen to me. Like I was so terrified. Oh, I just, I just felt like everywhere I would go, something was going to happen or I would see something super bad. And mm. it was, it was weird. I, I've never really talked to my sister about it, but, um, yeah, my dad sweared to the day he died that he saw that lady and she saw him and Man. that, I don't that know. Is spooky. I know there's other I, stuff I that happened, it. but I wasn't, you know, I was only there part time. So, mm -hmm. That's what made me think of that when you were talking about your daughter look, talking with mm. the ball. Is it so. true that if somebody dies in your house before you buy it, they have to disclose that information? Some states do. I mm -hmm. think like California does and I don't know, I think Texas. I don't know if it is in Nebraska or not, but mm. some states say that. And I know some East Coast states, and I've seen this on the internet, 
we'll put right on the sign not haunted like for real like they'll actually say that on their not their haunted. thing yeah like on this on the actual wooden sign in the front yard it will say not haunted yeah. which is crazy to me to think but that's seen that some sort of concern it's to the point where that stuff when i was a kid happening to me in that house um my wife is a thousand percent skeptic right so she's like a doctor and everything has an exa- has a reason and it has an explanation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that's great and everything, but every house we're going to live in, we're going to build that house. It ain't going to be, <laughs> no one else has kind of been in that house before. And that's how it's always been ever since. So wow. that's one of my spooky stories. My sister um, just bought a house about three and a half years ago. And I could be wrong on this, I don't know if she's listening to this, but I apologize if I'm butchering this story. Ooh. But I'm pretty sure that a man, the previous owner, died in that house. Mm. and Or he lived there until he died. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Her daughter is constantly waving and smiling at people that aren't there. Mm. And so they just have... And she, she loves spooky stuff, too. Like, we love scary movies and haunted yeah. houses and... Uh, so she is very just like casual about how she talks about it because nothing bad's ever happened. Just, you know, her kid looking at him. And so they're just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a friendly ghost. You know, we just accept that he's here and <laughs> nothing yeah. bad's happened. But I just ugh, like kids when they when they see things that, you know, aren't there or you think, you know, aren't there is just terrifying. Like, what do you see that I'm not like how mm. and especially the like those scary movies like. Like I think of Amityville Horror, like the remake, mm-hmm. the Jody is, you know, a dead ghost. Like she doesn't look like a normal girl. Like, yeah. But that's just totally fine to the little girl that sees her. It's like, oh yeah, yeah she's hmm. got a, you know, bullet wound in her head. That's fine. Like they don't think yeah. weird things about that. That's, I guess just reality yeah. at that point in time sure. for that kid. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Spooky. I think one time I remember... This would have been before that story I was telling you. So I was younger. I was at my dad's apartment, which was in North Lincoln, like 33rd and Cleveland Street. Um, and I was in the yard of the apartment complex and I was, had a football and I was just throwing it up and down, catching it to myself. And this car drove by and there was somebody driving the car, but in the back seat there was somebody. And I don't know if it was a person or what it was, but the way that it looked at me and the way that I saw what it seemed to be it was very fast but it stuck with me like 30 years it just looked like it shouldn't be there it wasn't a normal person and the facial features that it had didn't seem to be what a normal person would look like like the the face the smile that this person had looked almost like it was too big like exaggerated you know and it was sitting right behind the the driver's seat of the car Oh. And it just like looked its head like a little bit like that. And then the car was gone. So I don't know. It might've just been a weird looking person. <laughs> it might've just been, who knows what it was, but it was something that I saw and I thought about it. Yeah. For like 30 oh. something years. Mm. It was just cause it was so out of the ordinary and weird and strange that it's just stuck in my brain. No, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Mm. Mm. No, no, thanks. <laughs> no. Yeah. So that's, that's what we've got today, huh? Yeah. Wow. A couple of goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Rich. That hey. was that was creepy. Thanks for having me. I <laughs> hope the, I hope the rest of them are, are just as creepy. I yeah, hope. I think I, we've from what I know, I've got some insight on on some of the other stories that we're gonna have, and some of them are uh, almost scary. Some of them are like comforting. Uh, mm. We're gonna have kind of the gamut, so it'll mm. be kind of fun to see mm. how it ev- how it evolves. 
Hmm. All right, guys, well, stay tuned for the rest of the month. We're going to have two episodes a week during the month of October. And, uh, yeah, stay spooky, I guess. (laughs) 